week. Um, we have another week, so we're not going to do the goodbyes today. We're just going to go ahead and jump, jump in. So we can, we can save all of uh, my tears for next week, and we'll just go ahead with, with the word today. A, a few weeks ago, I was, I was reading, and I came across a story uh, about, a, about a man, and it was the, he was telling a... Um, he was, it was his morning routine. It was around 6.15 in the morning, and he was sitting in his living room, and he lives in Portland. He's in a modern, younger neighborhood. He jokes that he's the old guy in the young neighborhood. And he was enjoying a quiet wake-up and a cup of coffee. He watched outside on that foggy Monday morning, and he saw his neighbors who are, it was a few gentlemen, and I'm getting a loud ring up here. And I think you guys are out there too. And he was watched these group of, of roommates, five or six young men, uh, single guys, and they were avid runners. Each morning, around six fifteen, when he began his wake up, so did the young men across the street. Each morning, rain or shine, they filed out of the house for a morning run. The man sat watching and said, how awesome is that? I want to do that. I want to be like them. As he sat in his pajamas and his cup of coffee. <laughs> yep. While he thought, how awesome is that? And I want to do that. I want to be involved in the 6.15 morning run. I want to, to be the person who is his fit and active and they have their life together, so to speak. He quickly did a cost-benefit analysis in his head. And in fact, he was not going to get up at 6.15 and run. He enjoyed his pajamas and his cup of coffee and his quiet wake-up. Most of you say amen. Amen myself. If, if, if any of you are the 6.15 a.m. runners, kudos to you. But he determined really really quickly that he wanted the life, but he did not want the lifestyle. If I can, for a few moments of your time, I would like to speak on the topic, the life, but not the lifestyle. Second Chronicles 25, verses 1 and 2 says, Amaziah was 25 years old when he became king. And he reigned 29 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Jehoadan of Jerusalem. And in verse 2 it says, He did what was right in the sight of the Lord, but not with a loyal heart. As a young king, he, he tried to, to please the Lord in, in some of his actions, in some of the things that he was doing as the king but he didn't do it with a loyal heart. Other translations say he did not do it wholeheartedly. To break that down even further, wholeheartedly is defined as with complete sincerity and commitment. So Amaziah was living right in the sight of the Lord, but he was not doing it sincerely and without full commitment to God. I think that today, if we are being honest, and I say we, I don't say you, I say if we are being honest, we've all been in the situation where we come to church and we sing 
maybe lift our hands, maybe clap a little, maybe even listen to the preacher because we know that that is right in the sight of the Lord. But most of us have been in that situation where we're just doing that. And it's not commitment. It's not wholeheartedly. It's not, you know, we think of, oh, it's, we don't, that's not disloyal. I'm here. I'm here on Sundays. But we're not doing it wholeheartedly. We're not fully committed. And don't get me wrong, you should be here on Sundays and Wednesdays. That is right in the sight of the Lord. I'm not saying that you, you should just push that aside. But what I'm saying is, where is your heart when you are here? Where is your heart the other days that you're not here? Are you simply going through the motions because it's right in the sight of the Lord? You're trying to live the life, but you don't have the lifestyle. Matthew six nineteen through 21 says, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor dust, or dust, sure, dust as well, or rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. As Christians and as humans, our heart can only have one master. There is only one place in the top spot of your heart. Now, don't misunderstand me. You can love your family. You can love your job. You can love your hobbies. But what is at the top of your heart? We spend so much time trying to do what is right. We try to get everything so perfect. You know, we make sure our retirement is set. We make sure that our budget is correct. We make sure that we have food on the table. And, and I know a lot of us in our church now have RVs. We get all the RVs all spick and span. I'm pointing at you guys now. The RV all spick and span. Yet we don't have our hearts committed to what God has for us. What a day we live in where the dust on the floorboard and our retirement being set up is more important than the sin weighing us down and the things of the kingdom. Two or three of you, that's all right. I'll keep going. Now, caring about the dust on the floorboard more than sin might be a little hyperbolic. Um, but at the same time, it's, there's probably a lot of truth to it because we'll spend 30 minutes dusting the house in a minute and a half in prayer. And there's definitely some truth in caring about our budgets and our 401ks more than the things of the kingdom. Quiet and awkward. See, here's the thing. You guys can be awkward all you want. Because I love it. Confrontation and, and awkwardness and all that. My wife hates that I do it, but I'm right here in the thick of it. This is right where I want to be. We care more about making sure we have 10 to 15 to 20% set up auto pay, every paycheck, into our retirement. But then we just need five, $5 a month. Man, that would help missionaries. Just $5 a month. We spend more at the coffee bar. 
But the things of the kingdom have taken second hand or third or fourth or fifth and the kingdom's top spot where it should be is already full. I mean, it's, it's pretty clear. The Bible says 10% for tithes. It, you know, there's, there are some gray areas that you guys, that we can argue theologically, but the tithes is, is pretty cut and dry. Just pay 10% and, and, and call it a day. Just, just do that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave that. Pastor, you're welcome. I may be leaving. The church is getting a raise. Pastor says amen. Seriously, pay your tithes. It's not, it's not that hard. Um, pay $5 emissions. Um, let's just move forward. Do, do not take what I'm saying and, and think that I don't think they're important. You know, a clean house. Nice stuff, good meals, a retirement, all that. I'm doing all those things, and I'm not perfect, and I know, you know, I know Justin, I know he's setting up for retirement as well. Every, you know, everyone wants to retire and, and just enjoy life, but I know Justin well enough to know that his retirement does not come before the kingdom. And so you, in your life, what has the top spot? Because we all want the life. We talk about and we sing about that Jesus takes the place of all depression and all fear and all anxiety and all this great stuff. But man, if I have to put Jesus above my finances or my family or, or my activities, well, hold on here. Yeah, Reagan, I, I threw this at him. Psalms, uh, go ahead and throw up that psalm real quick. You know, we uh, as Christians, we love to misquote this here. It says, delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. So we say, delight myself in the Lord? Yeah, I love Jesus. I'm delighted. That's it. That's all I got to do. And, and man, uh, a million dollars, that's my heart's desire. Yeah, that's what we think. We think, oh, man, if I say that I love Jesus and I delight myself in the Lord, that he's going to give me the desires of my heart. If only it were that simple, we would have the best building. I mean, Paul would be driving the nicest truck, if you want to try, the nicest car that he can think of. He'd have the best. You all would, because that's our desire. I mean, man, I want that. That's what my heart desires. But in reality, when we look at what delight actually means, if you go, you can Google real quick and, and check me. It says to please greatly. And in parentheses, if you go look at the definition, it says to please someone greatly. So what Psalms, get that back up there, please. What that is actually saying is if you please the Lord greatly, he will give you the desires of your heart. If God is at the forefront of your heart, all of a sudden your desires, one, if, you're, if he's at the forefront, your desires are going to be kingdom-minded, and then he's going to give you those desires. But it's not just, I want money, I want cars, I want all this nice stuff. It's God saying, if you put the kingdom first, if you live the lifestyle, you'll have the life. Again, I'm not preaching against nice stuff or nice cars or money or any of that. You know, a funny story about uh, 
telling myself, we're both pretty good with money. Um, I am just incredibly, incredibly cheap. <clears throat> That's what I am. I am cheap. That's who I am. Uh, Kelly, one time we were with her family, and she goes, will you stop acting so cheap? I said, this is not an act. I said, this, <clears throat> this is who I am. I am cheap. Uh, I bragged, actually it was yesterday, I had an Under Armour shirt on, super nice shirt. Uh, I got it from the Lost and Found senior year of high school. Still looks great. I still wear it. Zero dollars. <laughs> it's just, it's, it's who I am. I, I, I don't know why. I just like, when I spend money, I like cringe. It just hurts me deep inside to spend money. But, but Kelly and I were, were hustling to make some extra cash. And in the middle of, of that hustling, you know, Kelly's phone was about to die. So, like, I mean, like most people do, Kelly is out and about, and she's like, well, I need it now. And um, she goes to a gas station and, and buys a, a car port, just the port, not the cord. So we're talking one item, one junky piece of plastic for $18. Unreal. We're working so hard to make this money, and she spends $18 on a little junky piece of plastic, and it didn't even have the cord. Don't worry, I'm not bitter. But if someone feels the Spirit and wants to give me $18 of an offering today, I would be able to potentially get over it. Uh, I'm kidding, kidding, kind of. Um, darn it. Uh, put this back. See, I'm, all, I'm off my notes. I'm, I'm, we're all just, we're falling apart here. Are you allowed to say darn it from the platform? It's my last time preaching here for a while, so we'll be all right. <laughs> Take this off the podcast. Turn off the live stream. We spend so much time on earthly things that we forget all about the kingdom. We'll go a whole day and not spend 5, 10, 15 minutes of prayer in prayer. And I've been there. I've been so caught up in, in the nonsense of this world that I forget about the kingdom and what God is actually trying to do in our lives. So I'm not trying to point my finger at anyone like I'm perfect. That's far from the truth. But I do believe that God is calling His church. God is calling Crossroads to more prayer to more time in His Word, to more fasting, to, to more giving. To, to God is directing us to spend more time and, and focus on the kingdom. He's, he's calling us to ask ourselves, what is top in my heart? Am I wanting the life but not the lifestyle? God is calling us today to commit our hearts. John 4, 23 and 24 says, But the hour is coming and now is. When the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. The Father is seeking such to worship Him. God is spirit. And those who worship Him must worship in spirit and in truth. The easy part of that scripture is the, the spirit. Man, it's easy to come in on Sunday and lift our hands. Maybe, maybe for some of you it's not, that's not even easy. It's easy to, to clap your hands a little bit and, and sing some songs, but what becomes hard is on Monday morning when you have to go to your job and all of a sudden the kingdom isn't 
right there in spirit. You don't have everyone around you lifting you up. See, that, that's the, the truth part. It's easy to, to worship in, in spirit, but are you worshiping in truth? Because it's clear that God is calling His people to worship in spirit and truth. So I ask you today... What are you like on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday when it has to, the rubber meets the road and it's truth? Do you believe it then or is it just Sunday where your heart can come in and kind of just get a little uh, spirit in and you're good to go, but you're still living that life where you're not fulfilled, you're not happy because you're not focused on the kingdom. You're spending so much time on earthly matters that the kingdom has taken the back seat and you are not worshiping in truth. It says that we must worship in spirit and in truth. In other terms, God is saying that you must live the lifestyle. You can't have the life without the lifestyle. We get so caught up in everything else that the lifestyle becomes an option. But God made it so clear when He said we must worship in spirit and in truth. The truth aspect, the lifestyle is not an option, the, 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 great, the sacrifice, the, the nitty-gritty parts of being a Christian is not a, is not a option, but it is a requirement to truly be a worshiper and to truly be a, a, a servant in the kingdom. Second Chronicles 25, 14-16, we go back to Amaziah who is in the middle of his reign, and keep in mind, he, he's trying to do what's right in the sight of God. He's, he's doing his best. But we know that he is just walking, is just talking the talk without the walk. In Second Chronicles 25, 14-16, it says, Now it was so, after Amaziah came from the slaughter of the Edomites, that he brought the gods of the people of Seir, and he set them up to be his gods. See, that's the dangerous part about coming in on Sundays and, and saying, yes, I love Jesus, and then on Monday you're back to where you were. That's the dangerous part about talking the talk and not having the walk. That's the dangerous part about wanting the life but not the lifestyle. There's going to come a point where you were living with the intentions to do right in the sight of God. But it's very clear at this point in the story of Amaziah that he said, you know what? I'm not concerned about what's right in the sight of God because he never embraced the lifestyle. He never said, my heart is fully committed. If you will, let me take a little editor's choice and say, I I bet he came in on Sundays and, and was there. And then on Monday and so forth, it didn't matter to him. And so he set up these gods and began to worship him. He worshiped the gods that he had just defeated. 
In verse 15 it says, Therefore the anger of the Lord was aroused against Amaziah. And God sent a prophet who said to him, Why have you sought the gods of the people which could not rescue their own people from your hand? That prophet came to Amaziah and said, You just won. It was Sunday afternoon in a service and you you defeated the enemy. Why'd you go back and pick up what you defeated? Why couldn't your heart just say, you know what? This is God's victory. And as the prophet was telling this to Amaziah, Amaziah responded and says, Have we made you the king's counselor? Cease, why should you be killed? The prophet ceased and said, I know that God has determined to destroy you because you have done this and not heeded my advice. When that prophet approached Amaziah, Amaziah had two choices right then and there. And the outcome could have been a lot different. He could have said, you know what? I hear the voice of God. I see my heart is not committed, but today's the day where I say, you know what, God? I hear you. I'm changing right now. You've got my commitment. You've got my heart. I know that's what you want. But as I'm sure you assumed, Amaziah did not turn away. As we just heard, he just pushed the prophet to the side. And it was all because he wanted the life, but he didn't want the lifestyle. If you'll stand with me today. I believe that what this prophet said all these years ago should be said to us. This unnamed prophet asked Amaziah, why are you worshiping something that was beaten by God? God gave Amaziah the victory so that it could be turned into glory for God. But Amaziah's heart was not focused on the kingdom. I think this can be translated to our blessings. We have, the, we have a great job and a great church and we have a, a great pastor and, and retirement set up and a house and, and activities and hobbies. And God wants to use all of those things for His glory. But the problem is, unless our hearts are focused on the kingdom, then what we will do is we will turn those blessings into gods, into idols, and they become what's most important in our heart. And so as the music begins, I ask you this question. Are you trying to live the life without the lifestyle? Where is your heart today? What is your focus? Is it the kingdom or is it anything else? Because there's only one spot at the top. Amen.
As we begin to worship, you have a chance, just like Amaziah did, to change your heart and say, God, I'm committing this day and this day forward to you. This song says, I can't go back. Right here, you have the opportunity to change it and focus on the kingdom and forever be changed. But it takes you to decide. Amen.